0: Let me tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football and basketball this season. Just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog Fantasy handles it all for you. Just go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team or any of the individual games that you can find, and that's it. No in-season management. You can even bring your own home league over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code 5RSN and you get a 100% deposit match up to $100. That's right. Use the promo code 5RSN and use a 100% deposit match up to $100. UnderdogFantasy.com Sports betting season is in full force. You need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is and you will receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code 5. That's the word 5, F-I-V-E. They also have re and referral bonuses as well. Follow my lead and open an account with BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. Bet. U. S. This show is brought to you by Lewis Peters State Farm, agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States for more than 60 years combined experience in the insurance industry. Local agents that understand South Florida's unique market, you have access to them 24-7. Walk in, call in, click in through lewispeters.com. You can find them online on social media at SF Agent Peters, or you can call at 305-275-5585. Remember, LewisPeters.com.
1: Welcome to Three Yards per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon.
0: And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Arytiaga. Chris Kaufman has the day off today. Simon Clancy is here. Hello, Simon. Hello, Alfred.
2: Alfredo. Alfred, you're not Batman's assistant. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I don't know any Alfredos apart from you. It's not really a very English name, so... Whereas Alfred is kind of quite an old-fashioned English name, but, you know, there's a few Mm -hmm. Alfreds, so...
0: As always, this show is brought to you by Manscaped. Use the promo code 5RSN get 20% off your entire order.
2: eating peanuts in case people want to know what that noise is.
0: <laughs> I don't think you want to talk about that game on Sunday, do you?
2: <laughs> um, no, not really. I mean, I mean I'll mean, make a couple of points. One, I thought the defense was excellent until, inexplicably, they got to the half and made their halftime adjustments and essentially went back to being what they've been for most of the season. Like, they had Josh Allen completely wrapped up, blitzes, all those sorts of things. And they suddenly just, you know, they played off. They played off Beasley. They didn't jam Beasley. Sorry, I'm eating. Um, and they stopped blitzing. You know, Brandon Jones is so good at getting to the quarterback and interfering with the passing lane and and making the quarterback throw off platform. And yet they just seemed like they just didn't do it. They were just happy to rush forward. When a team converts a third and 14, a third and 13, you're just like, come on. Um, and it just throws up more questions about Tua, I think. You know, he's not the problem. But I am beginning to make a fairly solid conviction that perhaps he's not the solution either. Um, you know, um, it's difficult for him, but it's difficult for everybody. You know, most quarterbacks don't have it easy. I just... He looks small, again, on Sunday at times. He, physically, he looked small. The arm didn't look good. You know, I mean... <laughs> You watch the Sunday night game, and Cooper Rush made more downfield throws than, than two has made. You know, the two has made in two or three games. You just think, mm. why are they not letting the shackles off? I don't understand. You know, I and mean, look, you can look at other parts of the offense, uh, notably Jalen Model, and think, okay, maybe there is a reason they just are so badly coached that they don't understand. But I just fail to believe that they're that stupid. Um, so, I don't know. It makes me – it does make me worry that, you know, and I'm as big a to a fan as there is out there. I just I, – I, I do worry.
0: Well, that uh, perhaps. Uh, well, I I don't, and I'll tell you why. Uh, that's the Buffalo Bills, and that defense has done that to every single quarterback this year except one.
2: Ryan's there were so many – well, <laughs> there were so many chances to win that game, though. You yes. said so many chances yes. to win that game, and they just didn't take – any of them and that for me is the frustration but also you know every 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 catch is a contested catch
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know it's either a short route or it's a contested catch down the field when do we ever throw to an open you know when, and that's a construct issue that's not necessarily a tour issue but you know as I said in the three in the um, Only fins chat at some point this kid has got to put the team on his shoulders and, and beat a team and he hasn't done it you know, he's not done it this season you've got mm-hmm. to put the team on your shoulders you know he Albert Breer referred to him as, uh, you know, he said, you know, Tua is limited, but he's playing his arse off. And I think that's fair. He is limited. I think we have to accept that he's a limited quarterback, but he's playing his arse off. Now, whether or not that, that limit those limitations can be turned with good coaching into something that pushes you into the Drew Brees possibilities or whether or not he's just a limited quarterback and that's it. Mm. Um, you know, we'll have to see, but kind of that's my feelings on the game. And also, what's happened to Jason Sanders, by the way?
0: Yeah, he's, he's, he's sprinkling in a, a mind-boggling miss almost every game mm. now. You know? Yeah, they missed that field goal, and then they have the, the fiasco. I've never seen anything like that. They have the Bills on the ropes, and I'm, I, I thought a touchdown was coming because you, you do have – one thing that this team does have when Devontae Parker is healthy, they have red zone options. Because they have the, the speed options and then they have the fade options and then they have the corner options with, with Gaseki and Parker. So that's not a problem. But you snap it right into Gaseki, and you essentially threw away what could have been a, a pretty decent lead at halftime. If makes that, that field goal, you get that touchdown. You're up like 13-3 at halftime.
2: The fact that players consistently don't know where to line up is an issue. Mm-hmm. But for me on that play, you, if you're to, you have to call a timeout. You know, if you're Aaron Rodgers, if you are Drew Brees, if you're Ben Roethlisberger, if you're Tom Brady, you're calling a timeout on that play. You burn the timeout because you save the, the drive is too important. We didn't have a fucking clue where we were lining up. People were moving about all over the place. Kasicki's jumping up and down. At that point, has just got to say, you know what? Let's preserve the points rather than fuck this up. Now, I know Rob Hunt was letting Rita know when to snap the ball. He snap the ball, it hits Kosicki with legs, etc. But Tua has uh, Coaches as well. Flores has to as well, but... Tua's the guy on the field. He could see what's happening. He knows that people are misaligned, that Waddle's all over the place, that one of the tight ends is moving from one side to the other. Then Gasicki's got to make a late move because there's, there's three seconds left on the clock. You know, he's got to call timeout. And that, to me, was a, was an issue. Um, you know, and it's not because he's 23, as somebody asserted. That's got nothing to do with it. He played, you know, three years at Alabama in the biggest cauldron in college football. Yeah. You know, you've got to know that you've got to call a timeout. But... The construct of the offense is so bad, it's so badly put together that you know you do worry about it. But we'll see. We'll see how it plays out.
0: Yeah, they have they have some concepts that are that are pretty good, and they tend to only call them like two or three times a game, and it usually, and it's usually successful, which pisses me off. But speaking of you know, pissing me off and pissing everybody else off, this team, uh, I guess, engaged in a gambit, <laughs> I guess we could call it, yesterday, that was rather embarrassing. And it continues on today with Chris Greer's uh, press conference. First of all, let me let me ask you one thing. Uh, Jordan Schultz, who's a guy who's who's pretty credible, le- let's say, okay? He says that he has it on very good authority that Brian Flores is Tuatunga Vailoa's biggest backer in that building. Do you buy that? No. How can I don't you? know I don't know where, why that's getting out there and I getting pretty hard day. today. Well,
2: I just think this has been quite apart from anything else. This has been an absolute I mean we're sat here it's it's morning for you, mid-afternoon for me and there is Chris Greer press conference going on as we speak. It has been a public relations disaster the last few months, but the last 48 hours have been a PR disaster. No, of course no trade happened. But the re- the release of the information from Stephen about Stephen Ross from Indianapolis that Ross was granted the option of speaking to Deshaun Watson, which wasn't um, afforded to um, to David Tepper, the Carolina Panthers owner, the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, to me, um, and I know Chris doesn't agree, but to me, there is no way that if I am Cal McNair, if I'm Nick Casario, if I'm David Mulligetta. Deshaun Watson's agent I I enter into a phone conversation or I allow an owner of another team to have a conversation with my quarterback unless we have a yeah that's
0: that's exactly what what he was going to do what he was going to do is like is is tell Deshaun Watson you know what keep this mess up until March
2: yeah but there's no way that they Rappaport said this morning on Good Morning Football that compensation wasn't an issue the Dolphins had agreed on a compensatory deal with Houston. For, so the, the whole construct that this was something that was put together by the Texans and the Houston Chronicle is mind-blowing. I mean, Dave Hyde tweeted this morning, somebody tweeted him saying, you know, this is all a media creation. It's like, how are there still people that think that the Dolphins are not absolutely <laughs> balls deep in this? They are balls deep and have been, like Chris Greer has literally just said that the Dolphins will go through the season and continue to evaluate their roster at every position moving forwards, which says to me, the door is not shut on us draft, on us draft trading for the Shorts. They, mm-hmm. they want Watson. And, and I will be absolutely... Two has pretty much got to go on an absolute monster tear for the next nine games or how many games are left because I will be staggered. A, two things. I'll be staggered if the Dolphins don't trade for Watson once the league issues are out of the way. Two, if Greer and, and or Flores are gone, I will be staggered if the people that take over in the general manager and um, head coaching positions, part of the deal that them getting the job is that they have to be happy with Deshaun Watson. Hmm. I mean, I'll be staggered.
0: It's, it's entirely possible that Deshaun Watson might even pick his coach because remember all of this, all of this started in with the Texans when he wasn't consulted when they, they, yeah, they, they went out and did their their coach, the David
2: Color. Yeah, I mean, who you know? Here's a here's a scenario: Marvin Allen stays on as general manager. Marvin Allen has been. We don't know which way Marvin Allen has fallen on this in terms of the Deshaun Watson deal, but let's just say Marvin Allen brings in Eric enemy, who Deshaun Watson advocated very strongly to be head coach in Houston. Mm-hmm. You know, boom. There's your deal. You know, there's your general manager. He's a new enough face in the Dolphins organisation, despite the fact he's been... You know, we don't know what role he's played, you know. But he's a general manager in waiting, whether it's with Miami or somebody else. By enemy, obviously, has been talked about an awful lot as a potential head coach candidate. And there's the coach that... There's the quarterback that wanted the coach all along. And look, I know people are pissed off about the, the... I think, you know, they're obviously pissed off because a lot of people kind of like to as a person. They kind of want him to be successful as a quarterback. But, you know, there's an awful lot of us, you know, who think that what Deshaun Watson has done is utterly reprehensible. And it is, if he's found guilty. There are so many hoops to jump through before we get to him playing, but I would not be surprised that you don't get the owner of the, co- the, owner of the team phoning another quarterback, having phoned Cal McNair and said, can I speak to your guy, and being given clearance to do so if they're not up to this, up to their necks in this, they are, mm. they absolutely are, and they have been for months, and they were right up until they knew it wasn't going to get across the line, and, and even they when they knew that the cases weren't going to go away, they still were trying to keep it, you know, they've agreed a deal, so a deal is in place, you know, Jay Glazer reported the other day that they were so close to getting across the line, that, that means, that says to me, not that you know, not that a deal was going to happen, but that a deal had been agreed in terms of the compensation, which was then confirmed by Ian Rappaport this morning. And we know how NFL Network works. You know how, you know, there's a reason why... Uh, they're obviously very good journalists, but there's a reason why Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport get all the exclusives. Do you know what I mean? They obviously hmm. work very hard, but there's also a quid pro quo. You know, who do they work for? You know, it's... um, Yeah, it's very, very interesting. And I, I, I'll just be mind blown if this trade doesn't happen at some point unless you know unless Watson goes to prison
0: or, or, or whatever you know yeah which um, it's you know I'll be on the realms yeah it's it's not you know crazy to think that something like that could happen but you know I'm, I'm told by a lot of and that's what all the the pundits the legal pundits are saying that that's probably not on the table. But settlement has not been reached, and there are those two that are sealed that nobody knows about. And until we do, how can how can you even think about him as as a viable starting quarterback? You know, if you have no 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 clarity on those on those two pieces alone, how, how can you do it? I don't know how you can.
2: But also, what does it say when Tua hears that the owner of the team has phoned up? An opposing quarterback, because they, that's the level that they go to. You know, Chris Greer has just said that the team believes in Tua and was merely checking on Deshaun's availability. As Carl Brandt has just said on Good Morning Football, the Chargers and the Bengals didn't check on Watson and his availability. So why are Miami doing the same after such a
0: short period of time? Yeah, yeah, Isn't and we're, and yeah, and we're and we're we're pretty close to sixteen or seventeen starts. I'm going to look back at the numbers that Tua has put up. And I think that a lot of people are going to be surprised, maybe the, maybe not surprised, uh, maybe shocked, because if you read the press that Tua Tunga Bailoa gets, this has all been building. And it's not only the Dolphins that have done this, Simon. The media has a very strong responsibility here. Hmm. A lot of them. And I'm not going to call names, but a lot of them really want Deshaun Watson because he represents money. He represents clicks, He represents relevance. And if you're covering a relevant team that is front-page news, even if if it's for the the wrong reasons, that's a good thing because this is a moribund, irrelevant franchise right now.
2: But let's be clear, okay? Tua has 14 career starts, yeah? Mm. He's seven and seven. He's passed for more than two touchdowns once. He's averaged 1.3 touchdowns per start in those games. By any metric, that isn't good enough. You know, we can, we can harp on about the offensive line, quality receivers, the lack of run game. But at some point, you have got to elevate yourself above what is around you as fair or as unfair as some people will, will find that, that is just the truth. You know, and people say, oh, well, look at the numbers. He has better numbers than Josh Allen did at the same time. That's that's good. That's fine. But, as you know, and look, I was the biggest critic of Josh Allen and to, to Chris's um, eternal, um, whatever the word is, consideration or whatever, to his mm-hmm. um, eternal strength, he was the biggest backer of Josh Allen. I could at least see as much as I didn't like him and as much as I didn't think you could improve accuracy, I could see that there was a giant, gigantic upside to Josh Allen. Yeah? I mean, the arm, the physical mm. talent, the, the ability to move around the pocket. Do we look at Tua and think there's a ginormous upside there? Or do we think he's kind of maxed out physically? I mean, is he going to get more accurate? No, because he's, he's very accurate. Is his arm strength going to get much better? Is he going to get taller? Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: that's like, not do, do, uh,
2: You know, Justin Herbert, the upside is obviously there. You know, he's not close to the finished article. Tua feels like he's closer to the finished article mm. because of his physical limitations, because of his arm limitations. And I think that's the difference. You know, that's the... Look, I, I think it was important for Greer to talk today. I don't believe a single thing that comes out of his mouth. But I think it was important for him to talk today. You know? But...
0: Yeah, no. Uh, w- when you look at, at Tua, what you're thinking about is building the correct offense that he can orchestrate because he is very accurate. He does throw with anticipation. And you want to use those tools with the right players around him to have an offense very similar to what Drew Brees had. Because when you look at Tua, I do see Drew Brees and I see it, I see it even more every day. And especially when, when, um, That stat came out, which was really odd. I had no idea that was the case. But did you know that Drew Brees did not throw a pass of over 50 air yards his entire career? Hmm.
2: But, you know, that's as maybe. But he also was a Super Bowl winner who's, you know, second most all time in passing yards. And Mm -hmm. do, do, do any of us think the two is going to get to that?
0: Oh, that was the hope. That was the hope. But, that, yeah, that he... That, that was his, the his hope. talent but translates to as close as possible to Drew Brees.
2: I mean, like, Greer has come out and said that Flores wanted... He said that reports that Flores wanted Justin Herbert are not accurate. That we completely believe in Tua and he's developing well. So why are you after another quarterback? <laughs> and and let's, let's be clear. They weren't doing this this week or this month or... Yeah. This was happening... The back end of last season. Do you know what I mean? This was happening in the in the offseason. In March. <laughs> in March.
0: <laughs> this has been going on since March. And, and I know is not they, about. They say, they say that they haven't made an offer and that they never made an offer. Uh, I'm pretty certain that offers were made around the draft, around draft time. And I guess the Texans just didn't take them. But we know for a fact that Carolina made an offer around draft time. That was turned down. And we know that the Eagles made an offer around draft time. That was turned down. Do we know the Dolphins made an offer? I believe so. I believe they did. And maybe their offers were, you know, low ball offers. But their offers nonetheless. And it's all because this guy, Deshaun Watson, has made it known publicly that he will only waive his no trade clause for the Miami Dolphins. And that has gotten... Evidently the owner of, of the team obsessed with Deshaun Watson to the point where we engage in, in this whole fiasco since since March. So, so you know, I guess when you when you have an elite quarterback and he actually does want to come here, I guess you just forget about developing everything else that you that that you have. And you basically threw away the whole then why did you if this is the where you were going to end up, and why did you essentially, you know, quote-unquote, tank? Why did you tear down the entire roster?
2: Mm. Well, I haven't yeah. tear down the roster. They just fucked you up so badly.
0: Yeah. They fucked up so badly. No, and once right. they get Sean Watson, I explained this to, to somebody yesterday, um, once they get Deshaun Watson, they're no longer a draft and development team. They're, that's no. not who they are. They're gonna be just a a buy set and forget team. They're gonna be out there looking for for veterans to plug into every single need that they need, because that's the type of team that they will become. First of all, they're of not gonna have the assets to draft guys. Second of all, they're gonna have Deshaun Watson. So, you know, he's a free agent in two years. Like you like you you kind of want to please him, so you're gonna you're gonna go get the guys that he wants, and the guys that he's gonna want are not gonna be rookies out of you know, Boston college or, or Alabama, sure. they're going to be, they're going to be veterans.
2: The thing is you fix this fairly quickly and it's, you know, they're going to have a, a, a significant amount of, of cap space, right? Yes. You know, there are free agents out. There. if you really want to fix it, you know, we know how you can go through that roster and you can get rid of players. Yeah. You can fire, yeah. fire, fire, sale, some players. You, know, you could trade a Jones or a Howard, for example you know, you get rid of a Jesse Davis, you get rid of a, you know, you cut ties maybe with Austin Jackson. I mean, you know, you You know, you could get rid of a Christian, you could trade a Christian Wilkins if you wanted to. There are ways and means that, you know, the salary cap doesn't mean anything really, but you go out and free agency, you can sign yourself a Teron Armstead, you know, who's a free agent, one of the best three or four left tackles in the game. You can sign or trade for a Taylor Decker, given that, Penae Sewell is going to be the future at left tackle for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, you can sign a Connor, Connor Williams to play guard from Dallas. Who I like a lot. Yeah, or a Lucas Patrick, who can play a number of positions, but starts at right guard, plays center the other night against Arizona for the Packers, you know, serviceable. You go out and you sign a Devontae Adams or a Chris Chris Godwin or a Tim Patrick at Denver, you know, underrated, sort a of number three receiver catches everything. Or a Christian Kirk, Arizona. You know, you draft a proper running back and we know that you can get running backs you know, throughout the draft, you know you can mm-hmm. you'll be able to get a Brian Robertson, a Tyler Alligier of of BYU. You know, rounds two, three, four, five. You know, there's some good. You know, Tyler Bailey of Missouri. There's good running backs out there. You know, you can draft a Tyler Lindabauer if you if you keep your depending on what happens. Do you keep your you know your 2022 and you give up the two 2023s firsts and the 2024? If that's the deal that you do, you draft a Tyler Lindabauer, the center from Iowa, who's and you know the best center I've seen in college football in, in, in years. The right tackle like Aaron Frost at Nevada. You know, all of a sudden, your offense is fixed, pretty much, because you're just chucking it to mm-hmm. Sean Watson into that mix, you know? And you still got Mike Gesicki. You know, you still got Jalen Waddle, and it, you know, hopefully there's an offensive coordinator who actually understands how to use him properly.
0: You still have Devante Parker for 12 games. You still have Parker
2: <laughs> for the six games that he's going to be available,
0: you know? You can hey, pick well, up, what a, what are six games? Uh, sure, you can
2: pick up some. You know, you pick up day three receiver talent. You know, that's they're all over the NFL in terms of receiver talent. So, I don't know. It's um,
0: yeah, it, it's fixable
2: the, if they want to fix it.
0: Yeah, that seems to be the the direction that they're going, which is a lazy direction because it's it's essentially a, a get out of jail free card for Flores and Greer. Now, I wonder if the owner just brings in Deshaun Watson and then fires all these guys. Like, that's entirely possible, too. Mm, sure. You Sure. Know? Uh, it could be a complete remake with the quarterback and, and both the, the general manager and the head coach. Now, I, I, told, I told Chris that the latest indignity has not, has not arrived yet. The latest indignity is, is staring us right in the face on Sunday. Imagine if Deshaun Watson actually plays on Sunday <laughs> and beats us by 30. That would have been that, – that would be
1: – I don't hilarious. know. I, I don't know
0: how you recover from something like that. Like you fold the franchise at that point. I think it would be very funny.
2: I mean, <laughs> it's obviously not going to happen because they're going to start – I think they're probably going to start Tyron Taylor, aren't they? Yeah. Even though yeah. Davis Mills had a good game. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's the Texans. It's a game we should like – I said the other day on the, the Only OnlyFins that Miami should be 5-1 over the next six games. You know, they're playing the Giants, the Floundering Panthers – The Jets twice, the Texans, the Ravens. You know, you kind of figure that the Ravens will probably be a loss, but it's Thursday night, it's at home, you just never know. You know, I I can't see it, but you just never know. But the games against the Texans, the Jets twice, the Giants and the Panthers, the Dolphins should win all of those. And then all of a sudden, what are you? What are you now? One and seven? So if we look at Baltimore, one and eight, well, you throw five more wins in and all of a sudden you're six and eight, Hmm. and it's probably too late but could you get to nine and eight? You yeah. yeah touch, that you know, would you be your, a space saving maneuver. Yeah. You finish with New Orleans, Tennessee and New England, which is not easy, you know, and all three of those teams are in the, going to be in the playoff hunt, but you play two of them at home. And if you're, if you are five and one over that six game stretch, well, all of a sudden you've got a bit of confidence. You just never know. Like it's not going to happen. It's not going to, the Dolphins are not going to be five and one over the next game. They should. They won't. They'll probably end up going three and three. They'll probably split a game with the Jets. they which is the
0: which is all kinds of embarrassing.
2: Yeah, sure. They'll lose the Giants. The Giants aren't a bad side, but you know,
0: I don't know. Yeah. Now let just, me ask you. Uh, let me ask you something because uh, it's interesting you said that because when the season before the season and we looked at the schedule, we were saying we were all saying, our, saying to ourselves, if you if you just tread water, which they didn't, they drowned. OK, yeah. in the first in the first eight games, if you just tread water, you have that run and all of a sudden you're looking at 10 wins and you're smack dab in the in the playoff hunt. What is it with this team that they keep losing one score games? Because this is a team that it, that seems almost they lose one score games like it's their job. Hmm. Last year, there were two and four in one score games this year. Obviously, they won the first one and then they lose four more in one score fashion. What's with this team? What's wrong with this team that they can't seem to pull out any of these close games. And then of course they have the other feature, which is every time they play a really good team, they get murdered. (laughs) So, you know, I don't, I don't understand. Is that, is that on Brian Flores?
2: I think it's on coaching. I think it's on coaching. There's there's too many situations. What I said last week, the situational football stuff, there's some bad decisions made in situational football, weird timeouts, not timeouts, you know, critical drives where you expect things to happen, you know, going three and out, going three and out, going three and out, not being able to sustain a drive, not being able to go back to the stuff that was working so well. It's not necessarily just because of defensive adjustments. You know, the, the whole thing where in the first quarter, you know, Parker had like four catches for 69 yards we didn't hear from him until the fourth quarter. You know, mm-hmm. he was he was absent for a quarter and a half. Kosicki had seven catches for ninety-five yards last week against the Falcons. He had one catch for three yards midway through the third quarter. Mm-hmm. It's just like, how is this? I, I don't understand what's you know Jalen Model. We, we talked about last week, averaging eight point seven yards per catch coming into the game. I, mean, I don't even have it on. In fact, I get it in front of me now, but. Um, I mean, I think he was averaging less than his his season's average in that game against the... Like, how is that possible? Like, w- what is being coached that makes... Let's have a look, a training model. That makes them... Uh, that's the frustrating thing for me. Yeah, there you go. Four catches, 29 yards, an average of 7.2 yards per catch. You know? So let's see what that takes his career... I'd say that probably takes it down to about eight yards per catch for his
0: career. So <laughs> which is oh, yeah. which is odd to say the least, right? Forty-eight
2: catches tied eighth in the league, four hundred and thirteen yards tied eightieth, a oh, fortieth, sorry, and averaging eight point six yards per carry, which is a hundred and twenty-fifth in the league in terms of average yards <laughs> per reception, which is astonishing. Astonishing for the sixth overall pick. Who was an absolute burner deep threat? Insane, yeah,
0: insane. Who, who, whose average touchdown catch? I I remember looking up the stat and thinking to myself, "Wow, that's insane." It wasn't like he had two or three. I think I believe he had eighteen at Alabama, and his average length of each touchdown was like forty-seven yards. (laughs) It's crazy, (laughs) you know, forty-seven yards on eighteen touchdowns. It is absolutely yeah Crazy, but it's the, the dolphins do this every single and it's been a feature for for 2 years if it's a close game they're more more likely than not going to find a way to blow it at the end and it's always at that 8 minute mark when there's maybe two possessions left for each team and something always happens and this you know this time it happened at 17 11 the the dolphins draw close and it looks like you know time is even on their side because There's only enough real time for maybe two possessions, but the Dolphins are going to get maybe three if they could get a three and out in there somewhere. So you have enough opportunities to overcome a six-point deficit.
2: I've got two stats for you, okay? Mm. The first one is that Debo Samuel is averaging more yards after catch. (laughs) In fact, he's averaging more than double (laughs) yards after catch. than Waddle is averaging just for catches. Okay, thing. he's averaging sixteen point nine yards after the catch, which is astonishing. Waddle is one hundred twenty fifth in yards per reception. Okay, he is behind. Well, in fact, he's he's on his level with Juju Smith-Schuster, who hasn't played in four weeks, but he is behind Kenneth Gainwell, running back; Noah Fant, tight end; Michael Carter, running back; Joe Mixon, running back; Daryl Henderson, running back; DeAndre Swift, running back. Cole Komet, tight end, somebody called Johnny Munt, who I've never even heard of, who's a tight end of the is. Rams. Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, Pat Fryermuth, Zach Moss, Jordan Akins, tight end, TJ Hawkinson, tight end, Austin Hooper, tight end, somebody called Jordy Fortson, somebody else I've never heard of, tight end of the Chiefs, Johnny Smith, Rodney Smith, the Carolina running back, Jeremy McNichols, the Tennessee running back, he's behind Carl Juszczyk, who's a fucking fullback, <laughs> Logan Thomas, tight end. Yeah, Rick but he's Seals a really Jones, good fullback, tight end. he is, but sure, but he's not a deep threat wide receiver. JD McKissick, yeah, fullback. McCaffrey. James O'Shaughnessy, tight end, Tommy Hudson, tight end. Kenyon Drake averages almost two yards per reception more than Don't bring that up. <laughs> Cordero Patterson, running back, Dan Arnold. That was probably
0: end. a mistake. Uh, the King and Drake uh, trade. I mean, no.
2: come on. It's ridiculous. You've got about 15 running backs averaging more than... Jonathan Taylor has more yards per reception than he does. Yeah, it's, it's just sad. It is sad.
0: It, it, it is really is. sad. Yeah. You know it could be really, really sad? If they lose on Sunday. Will they, Simon? No,
2: I think they'll win. Uh, is it at home or away? Home. It's at home. Yeah. Must be home. I think they'll win. I think
0: they'll win 30 to 20. Yeah, I'm thinking something like I think uh, Tua has a, a big game although I'm I guess we can say it now. Mark the tape today. It's uh, November 3rd of 2021. I don't think that Tua can do anything for the rest of the year. Anything short of maybe 30 touchdowns. He yeah, averages say, three absolutely. touchdown passes a game for the rest of the season, and he puts up ridiculous numbers. I guess he could do that, right? But if he just does what I, what I think he's going to do, which is have an above average start to his career, I don't think it's enough. And I think they're trading for Deshaun Watson. You could write it in stone. You agree? Oh, I mean, I think
2: I don't think it matters what Tua does. I think they'll, they'll be trading for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think. I guess they hope stunned. that yeah, I guess they hope that two will be really, really good so they can monetize him for a first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know.
2: I think I think on the current trajectory, you're probably looking at a two and a four or two and a three, maybe to somebody like New Orleans.
0: Yeah, something like that. You know, I don't you think know. you'll get I don't think you get a one back. But he has a strong finish. I think I think you could get a one from a Washington football team, something like that. You know, a team that's, that has a defense and they want to build a more ball control style offense. That's the way the NFL is going to look at, at Tua yeah. after this season anyway. Yeah. Well, that's it. There is no more. The next time we talk to you, we'll have results from this game. Let's. This is one of those where you kind of need, you need to win more than, not not even for the standings. You just need it for your own mental health because it's been, I don't remember a season like this. And yes, you lady. go back as well, a long way. Yeah, you've been a, a, not not to date you, but I'm older. <clears throat> I think I'm older than you. How old are you? Uh, I'm 47, so. I'm 47 too. When were you born? November. November 19th. So
2: you'll be, so you'll be 48 in three weeks time? Yes. Yeah, okay. You are two months
0: older than me. Okay. I've gone back with this team a long way, but I remember bad teams and I'm like, okay, yeah, they're bad. And if they go eight and eight, I guess that's, you know, that's the high end of achievement for this team. I remember good teams. Uh, this is not a one in seven team. This should be hovering around 500, trying to get to that 10 win mark. They're an absolute dumpster fire. I don't remember a team like this ever. It's this is a season to endure. It's not. One to be enjoyed.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's not been much enjoyment over the last two decades.
0: <laughs> no, no, it has not. It's just been a, it's been a disaster. They've been in the wilderness like for a, 20 years. Well, what it's like being a fan of,
2: you know, a good team, a perennially good team, you know, like the Steelers. Or
0: well, I know what that's like because I'm Packers. a fan of the Miami Heat. And I just watched, I was at a watch party last night and watched them dismantle Dallas and Dallas, you know. So, which is odd, you know, it, it's the same city and one one franchise can't do nothing wrong and the other one can't do nothing right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, all right. We'll get Talk that. to you guys on Monday.
1: Thanks for listening to Three Yards per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes on Podbean or your usual podcast provider.